Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's very difficult for you and I to live by faith if we don't have hope. And I don't know about you, but I want to live by faith. As the Word challenges us, we live by faith and not by sight. Why? Because everything you see will tell you that it's not going to happen. Everything you see will tell you that this is just how you'll never witness, that you will never uh, encounter the incredible things that God has in store for your life and the things that He wants to do for your life. But all of that is a lie because as believers, we walk by faith and not by sight. We hope for what God has spoken and what He said. We trust in the Word and the promises that He's He's faithful to His children. And when we trust Him, when we trust Him, we experience everything He has for us. But if we don't hope, then it's hard for us to have faith to ever believe. And if we're overcome with disappointment, then more oftentimes than not, we settle for disappointment and we never experience the blessings and the dreams that God has given us as believers. And so tonight, I want us to go back to Psalm chapter 42, reading from uh, the New International Version tonight. And it says, uh, it says this, it says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep, and the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs His love, at night His song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, I say to God, my rock. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight. God, I pray every single one of us would receive and that, Lord, we would just soak in, God, everything that you have for us, that we would hear exactly what we need from you. I pray, Holy Spirit, even now, you would speak to each one of us individually in this place, that when we go, we will know that we have heard from you full of hope, full of faith, full of complete trust, knowing that you are faithful, that God, you have not forgotten, that Lord, we will rejoice, that 
that we will praise, that we will worship in spite of what it seems, in spite of what it looks like. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. Let your anointing flow in this house tonight. God, let me speak every word that you have in your word alone for us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love verse 9 and, and, and verse number 10. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Man, the, the enemy would love nothing more than us to believe in that one statement. Where is your God? Where is your God? When we look at the situations and the circumstances of our life and the seasons that we find ourselves in, when we're faced with disappointment, when we're faced with a longer period of waiting than we had expected, when we're in a situation where we had hoped for and we had believed for and we had longed for God to do something, but He hasn't shown up, isn't it just like the enemy to step in and make the statement, Where is your God? <laughs> where is your God who says He'd heal? Where is your God who said he would set free? Where is your God who said he would save? Where is your God who said he'd protect? Where is your God who said he would provide? Where is your God who said he would be there for you? That he would be there with you? That he would surround you when the enemy comes in like a flood? Where is your God? And it's in that moment, I love what David says, I say to God my rock, I say to God, my rock. See, there's a difference between when we find ourselves in a place oppressed by the enemy and we're, and we're standing on what we have available, the resources we have available, the means we have available, and then a difference in when we are standing on God, our rock, and we ask the questions, where are you? For too long, we have been so afraid to ask God the hard questions. For too long, we have been so afraid of asking Him the hard things. Friends, I'm telling you, if you have faced disappointment, if you have felt like God has not, God has not come through, if you feel like He has forgotten you, do not stand alone by your own merits and understanding and ask the question, where is my God? But stand on God, the solid rock and ask Him, where are you? Because if you ask those questions off of the rock, if you ask those questions away from the rock, then you will find yourself spiraling in a season of despair, of depression and oppression from the enemy, and it will feel like you will never get out. There are so many people in the body of Christ, so many times that we step off the rock because we haven't seen, and we step off the rock because we haven't witnessed, or we haven't felt, or we haven't gotten what we need, that we need to step back on the rock, ask the hard questions, and let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to our life. Why? Because the moment that we step off the rock, our hope is gone. The moment that our hope is gone, our faith ceases ceases to function. The moment that our faith ceases to function, as believers and the church of Jesus Christ, we stop being effective in overcoming the kingdom of darkness and instead start settling for setbacks and defeats. I'm here to tell you tonight, Jesus didn't call you and I to settle. 
Jesus didn't call you and I to just be okay with what we face, to just be okay with the storm we're in, to just be okay with the feelings like God has left, with the feelings like God hasn't come through, with the feelings like God hasn't shown up, with the feelings like God is not there. But what we need now more than ever is for the body of Jesus Christ, for every believer to rise up and say, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. He's my firm rock and my solid foundation. I will not be moved. My faith isn't built in what I'm hoping for. My faith isn't built in what I'm longing for. My faith isn't built in what it looks like, seems like, or feels like. But my faith is fixed on Jesus Christ. Let the waves come. Let the winds blow. Let the storms rage. But I will not be moved. I feel like preaching in this place tonight. Oh, Jesus. I should have preached this Sunday. (laughs) You tell them Sunday they missed it. Amen. That's exactly right. Because I asked the Lord and he said, preach it tonight. It's for tonight. I want to share with you tonight. This is the title in the... (laughs) The title of my message, the title of my message is this, what's your hope built on? What's your hope built on? The the, the mistake that we have made in the body of Christ, the mistake that we have made as believers, is that we build our hope on what it is that we're longing God to do, not on, on the miracle that we are believing God for instead of the miracle worker. Our hope is built on the promises that we are longing for God to fulfill instead of the promise keeper. Our hope is built on what we can get out of God instead of taking the time to spend with God to realize that when we get alone with Him, it's our lives in ways that are unexpected and unimaginable. There will be moments that it won't make sense to me. There will be moments that it won't make sense to anybody else. But when my hope is built on the right foundation, when my hope is built in the right place, when my hope is focused on what it's supposed to be, then what I find is the blessings, the favor, the peace, and the confidence of heaven to know that He is the promise keeper, that He is the way maker, that He is the miracle worker, and that He will not fail my life. What's your hope built on? What's your hope built on? We have way too many people in the body of Christ who have ways us had intended for us to build it upon. We settle for defeat and disappointment because it looks like what we thought or it looks totally opposite of what we thought it was going to be. But when our hope is built on Jesus, then there's a shift that happens in our life as believers, and the enemy hates it. Because he knows that the second that you check the foundation that your hope is built upon, that everything's about to change. Tell your neighbor, get ready. No, you got to preach with me not Tell him, get ready. Get ready. <laughs> there we go. Hallelujah. Y'all are louder than Sunday morning. I love it. Somebody had some Red Bull at, at, at work today and came ready tonight for what Jesus has. Number one, if we are going to, if we're gonna, if we're gonna establish, if we're gonna place our hope 
on the right foundation, we have to establish the right foundation. What is the foundation that your hope is built upon? Is it built upon the promises that you've longed for? Is it built upon the dreams that you have? Is it built upon the miracle that you need? Or have you established the right foundation? Have you found the place, the foundation? Have you built your faith? Have you built your life? Have you built your dreams on what God has called and what God has set apart? Establish the right foundation because when you establish the right foundation there's stability (laughs) when you establish the right foundation there is stability when the foundation's off when it's unlevel when things haven't been put into place properly what happens is the foundation begins to fail So many times we get upset because God hasn't come through all the while. We've been building our faith on a foundation that we never should have built upon. We've built our expectations. We've built our dreams and our desires on a foundation that never had the stability to be able to handle what God was up to. You, oh Jesus, help me tonight. So many times we think that God is going to answer our prayer this way and he's going to do it that way. way and it's going to happen at this time and it's going to be through this person and it's going to be in this season and all the while God is saying you don't know my ways you don't know my plans you don't know my purposes your mind is so small you can't comprehend how much I want to bless you how much I want to carry you through how much I want to do in your life and through your life we want to settle all the time for the great value cookies at Walmart when God's baking the best cheesecake and the biggest dessert you've ever had in a way that you could have never imagined. We settle for everything except for what Jesus has. You can keep your cookies, but I want what heaven's baking. I don't want to settle for anything less. You're praying for $100, and God wants to give you $1,000. you are believing for one healing in your body, and God wants to restore your health 100%. You're praying for one small thing, and God's saying, if you'll stop long enough, and you'll trust me, I'll bless you in a way that you never thought. I'll bless you in a way that you never imagined. When we establish the right foundation, when we establish the right foundation, there's stability to wait and trust on the Lord. Oh, my Lord. Tell your neighbor, you got to wait. We don't want to wait. I want it now. I don't want to go home and cook dinner. I'm just going to drive through the drive-thru and I'm going to pick it up. Why? I don't want to cook. I'm tired of cooking. You cook, there's dishes to wash. In my house, there's nobody else to wash them. I cook, I clean. I make the mess, I clean it up. (laughs) If I don't, it gets bad. And I don't believe in it. I can't stand it. I feel, I just can't handle it. I just can't do it. I can for a day and then I just lose it. I just, we so, we don't want to wait. We're so impatient. We don't want to wait. Yeah, it's going to taste better if we make it at home. But who wants to wait? Who wants to go through the process? Let's pay somebody else to do it. And then we feel less than satisfied. And then we're frustrated with ourselves at how much money we spent from our budget on food eating out instead of the groceries that we spent at home. And we shake our head in disgust and we go, why did I do that? 
Why was I lazy? Why didn't I just go ahead? Why? Because we don't want to wait. It's, in our, it's who we are. It's in the DNA of what we have. We don't want to wait. Worms for us. If we put forth the effort, we don't want to work. But the truth is, when it comes to the things that God has, vision, the heart that I have for us as a church, of substitute for it. If you'll hundred times, and I'll say it a hundred times more this year, there is no substitute for it. If you'll seek first, He'll bless your life. If you'll seek first, He'll give you everything. He will give you everything. He won't just meet your needs he'll bless your heart but to seek him you gotta wait I think I'm gonna preach that Sunday I was telling Loretha and then Michael and them before service I, I think I'm gonna preach that Sunday climb the tree that's what I'm gonna preach on Sunday climb the tree I am if you can't be here listen to the podcast climb the tree we don't want to wait <laughs> there's a foundation that God has put to stabilize us there's a foundation that when you have the right foundation, there is stability. Because when it looks like nothing's happening, when it seems like nothing's happening, when the enemy comes against you, he won't have any way to knock you down. Because the foundation that you're on is stable. You'll be able to carry through the storm. You'll be able to manage through the unexpected because you've placed yourself on a foundation that's immovable. It's so stable, there's nothing that can move it. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) When we have the right foundation, not only do we have stability, but we have quality. You don't have the right foundation, it will crumble. So many times we base our we base everything we have and everything we are. We base it upon we base it upon what we're hoping for God to do and then when he doesn't do it in the way that we wanted, when he doesn't do it in the way that that we had expected when he doesn't come through on that promise and on that dream we lose our faith we lose our hope because we weren't settled on the right foundation remember the word and the quality of it remember what Romans chapter 8 tells us for God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose when you gave your life to Jesus Christ and the privileges as a son as a daughter of God you were made royalty in his sight you have the most quality bloodline and the most quality guarantee of life of any other person on the face of the planet earth because of what Jesus has provided If he said he would do it, he will. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give, if I'll just settle on the right foundation, when the winds come and the storms rage, when everybody else looks and says, that person doesn't look like much, that house doesn't look like much, I don't see anything happening over there. I don't see anything to talk about over there. You just remember that you planted yourself on a right foundation that is of quality that lasts. And when the storms of life come, you won't have to worry about what's next because you're in the right place at the right time with the right foundation. Establish the right... Oh, Jesus, I got to stop. I got to stop. Establish the right foundation. (laughs) Number two, we have to build with new expectations. We have to build with new expectations. (laughs) God calls us... God calls us and gives us, every single one of us, we have, a, we, have a, we have a destiny in our life. I'm a firm believer of that. You'll hear me say it in 
as long as I'm pastor of this church until a mistake. You're not here just because it just so happened to be. You have a destiny on your life. You are in this church for a reason and a purpose. Please don't just sit in the chair on Sundays and Wednesdays and just think that you're here to just take up space or that you're just another number. You are not. You are here for a reason and a purpose. Jesus didn't call me to pastor this church and Jesus didn't call me to serve this city by myself. He called all of us for such a time as this to bring the glory, the love, the healing, the grace, the freedom of God into this city. We have been put here for a destiny and a purpose. One that we so oftentimes write off because we don't realize just how big and how much God is working and God is moving on our behalf. We have to build with new expectations. Connor, I don't understand what you're saying. What's your foundation on? If you have the right foundation and you begin to build. If your foundation is Jesus, then your expectations are no longer your own, but rather His. Illustrated perfectly before Jesus went to the cross, He said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Father, not my will, but yours be done. The problem is, is we build our lives with expectations of how God's going to make it happen for us. And then when it doesn't happen that way, our expectations are not met and disappointment begins to flood our life. The room we thought we were building has no purpose and serves no meaning and we're frustrated. It has no room. It has no, it has no place. It doesn't belong. It doesn't fit. It's not right. We don't have peace. It's caused us turmoil. It's caused us heartache. We've been waiting for God to fill the room, but he hasn't filled it. Why? Because it's the expectations that we built up on a foundation that was never supposed to be there. We were building on what we were hoping for, on what we were dreaming for, on what we wanted to happen, and the way that we wanted God to do it. And all the while, he was saying, if you'll come to me, if you'll build, if you'll settle me as the foundation of your life, when you start to build, I'll show you what wall to put where. I'll show you what step to take here. I'll show you which direction to go there. I'll show you what you need to do and what you need to say and who you need to talk to and how you need to do it. Because when God starts building the walls, when you're putting it together, it doesn't look like much. It doesn't seem like much. It doesn't measure up to what other people are building and what other people are doing. But when God gets done, (laughs) I said when God gets done, When God gets done, it is a beautiful masterpiece that is full of His glory and full of His presence and full of His peace. I don't know about you, but I want to be full of everything that Jesus has. When my expectations become His expectations, not only do I discover the dreams and the desires of my heart being met, but even more than I could have ever imagined, even more than I could have ever dreamed for, even more than I could have ever longed for. Why? Because the King of Kings and the the Lord of Lords was building me something so much better than I could have ever built on my own. Then when it doesn't look like much, when it doesn't seem like much, when everybody else comes and says, where is your God? Your faith won't crumble. Your hope won't disappear. Why? Because I have the right foundation. And I was building with new expectations. Expectations that are from Him and not from me. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
I can tell you right now. I knew at eight and a half years old, the night I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the Lord told me He called me to preach His Word. I had my idea of what that was. I had my expectations of what that was. But I had made one decision in my life. And I was, I was taught it from my parents. And I was taught it from men and women of God. That I had the privilege of being able to, of, of being able to, to spend my life around. And to see, how they, to see how they walked with God. And I knew that if I would be obedient, no matter what. When it didn't make sense and it didn't add up, from the Word, reading time and time again of story after story of how God, God sent Moses, a reject, from the wilderness to the most powerful man on the earth, right in to the royal throne room to make a declaration, God says, let my people go. I wish we'd have some men and women who would rise up with some determination from heaven and say, I know what my God has said. That plan couldn't fail. Why? Because it was God that was building, not Moses. When I build with his expectations, I learn that if you will trust God and you'll be obedient no matter what, you will find yourself in places that you would have never pictured. If you'd have told me if you'd have told me 10 years ago that I was going to be in Camden, Arkansas, pastor in a church, I'd have told you you were crazy. You're crazy. I'm not going to be in Camden, Arkansas. I don't even hardly know where that's at. I don't even know how to get there. I'd have to Google it. I'm being honest. I preached all around northeast Arkansas. I had nothing to do with the southern half of the state. I knew that's where Greg and Megan were from. I knew that's where... You know, where his family was from. I knew that, but I didn't know anything else about it. If you'd have told me that, I'd have told you you'd lost your mind. And when he called me and asked me to come as his youth and associate pastor, I thought, dear Jesus, I cannot do youth. You said you called me to preach, not to be a youth pastor. Those are two totally different things. (laughs) That's how I felt about it. I was like, a youth pastor? Those I've seen... (laughs) I had the privilege of working hand-in-hand with my first youth pastor, Matt Smith, and and his wife, Erica, and then Greg and Megan. I've seen what that is. (laughs) Meeting the expectations of the kids, and then dealing with the chaos of the parents, and then trying to meet their expectations, and then you have all of the other responsibilities. Youth pastor is youth pastor and whatever else is needed. That's just the truth. If you're not familiar with church, that's how it works. Youth pastor, and then it's, you know, in quotations to the side and real fine print, and anything else that's needed, just whatever. You know, but I thought, Lord, I can't. The biggest thing was I just, I can't relate to, I can't relate to youth. I can't do it. I was never, I never felt like I was a kid myself. I hated video games. I was terrible at sports. My sister asked me today at lunch, she said, why is your nose crooked? I said, it's where dad hit me in the face with a softball when I was seven trying to teach me how to catch. And I decided from there on out, if this is what sports is, I'm out. I'm out. She was like, I didn't, I didn't realize that. I said, yeah, but thanks for remembering. I appreciate you pointing that out. <laughs> I never had that. I never expected that. 
That was nowhere in what I had thought. That was nowhere in what I had dreamed. That was nowhere in what I had imagined. And then God said, go. Okay. Yes, sir. So I came. I thought I'd be here for two or three years. April will be eight. I didn't just do youth and associate. Now I'm the pastor. How's that one for just how God works and how God moves? Because you never know what his plan is and how he wants to make it happen. We went from six kids on a Wednesday night when I got here to 60 in two years. God changed the diversity of our culture, of our DNA as a youth ministry to where we were 100% white, to where we reflected the demographics of our city, and we were 60% black and 40% white. God changed and shook up the entire demographic. What did I do? Well, Connor, how'd you do it? What was the secret? My friends would say, how'd you make it happen? And I said, I was just obedient. I didn't try to learn basketball so that I could get on the court and impress him. All I do is make a fool of myself. I didn't try to learn video games because, quite frankly, I didn't have time for them, nor did I have the patience. All it did was frustrate me. All I did was what Jesus said. He said, love them. Just love them. Just be there and just love them and leave the rest up to me. See, when you build with the expectations of heaven, guess what? The results aren't up to you. When it's your dreams, when it's your hopes, when it's what you're believing for, you start mapping out how it's all going to happen. You start putting together of how it's all going to look. And then what happens is life starts moving and life starts shaking when the unexpected comes and the things that you never thought you'd be faced with and the things that you never thought you would go through begin to happen and then you become frustrated because it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like it didn't turn out the way you thought it was going to be but when you start building the way that Jesus says build when you start hammering where he says hammer and you start going where he says go and you stop when he says stop what happens is is you start building what it is that he's envisioned you start building what it is that he's planned and when it's all said and done it, the pressure is off of you the stress is off of you. The, the, the un, unimaginable uh, turmoil that comes from waiting and from, and from trying to make everything happen is removed because we come to the realization that it's not on me to make it happen. It's not on me to make it all come about. It's not on me to make it come through. We try to make it happen. <laughs> We try to make it happen, and then we get frustrated with God because it didn't happen the way that we wanted. But God's called us to build with new expectations. His. It's why Jesus said in that daily prayer, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Why? Because Jesus was teaching his disciples as he was the rest of us. It's not about your will. It's not about how you want it. When you become a child of God, it's about what He wants. And if you'll humble yourself, if you'll humble yourself, He'll bless you more than any blessing you could have ever gained on your own. Don't curse the season that you're in right now. Hear me. Don't you curse the season that you're in right now. Because what you call a setback and a failure... What the world calls a setback and a failure will just be a setup for the glory of God. It'll just be a setup for the glory of God. 
Don't you underestimate what He can do. Remember what I said at the beginning? (laughs) Nothing is impossible with God. (laughs) Everything, all, every part, He will do. He will fulfill. Oh, Jesus. What's your hope built on? Thirdly tonight, we have to dwell in the promises. Tell your neighbor, dwell in the promises. Verse 11 of chapter 42 says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. I can't, I can't say that. I can't say that enough. Put your hope in God. Put your hope in Him. He, listen, Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 6. He knows what you need before you ask. It me in the body of Christ that we have the greatest revelation the world has ever known, the Word of God. The greatest love the world could ever know. The greatest power, the greatest resource that the world could ever provide. And yet in the church we run around like the rest of the world trying to make things happen like the rest of the world, forgetting all the while that we have the greatest resource in the world. Worship set to I have everything. I love the worship set tonight. Thank you, woman of God, for being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Thank you for trusting the Lord. I loved it tonight. He is all that I need. There's nothing else in this world will do. We will run until we have exhausted ourselves. We will run until we have burnt ourselves out on trying everything that we possibly can. Hear me. I'm not saying ignore everything that the world has to offer. I'm just saying put your hope in God first and let Him lead you to the people, to the doctor, to the banker, to the lawyer, to the the person, to the business, to the place, to the job, to the resource that you need. Because when you go and it's His plan, when you go and it's His plan, You'll have peace. And when it looks like nothing to anybody else, guess what? All the while, you'll be sitting there singing. All the while, you'll be sitting there rejoicing. All the while, you'll be remembering what He has done from beginning and what He said He would do all the way till the end, knowing this ain't my plan. (laughs) This ain't my decision. It's not up to me to make it happen. All I got to do is be obedient. All I got to do is be obedient. I tell people all the time, be obedient. Trust the Lord. What's His Word say? What's His promises to your life? He's faithful. And don't settle. Dwell on the promises. Stand on the right foundation. Stand on the right foundation. Build with new expectations. And dwell in the promises that He has for you. Does His Word not say you will be healed? Then healed you will be.
does your word not says that your needs will be met, then met your needs will be. Does he not say he will order your steps, then your steps, they will be ordered. Does he not say, what does his word say? And trust me, there'll be plenty of times where you sit there and go, God, is this really what you said? <laughs> when you're in the moment, like David was in Psalm 42, when your heart is broken because you've been faithful and you've been obedient, but you haven't seen it. <laughs> I can't tell you how many students I've prayed with and I've poured my heart out to. And I've believed God to do things in their life. And they've run from Him. And my heart is broken. I'll never forget. It's been years ago now. My heart was so broken after one of the students that I had poured so much into and I'll never forget God saying, now you know how I feel. <laughs> now you know how I feel after I've given my son for the world. And so many people walk away from what he gave. How my heart breaks to wrap them up in my love and remind them of my peace and remind them of my joy and remind them of the things that I desire for their life. Hear me tonight. You're going to have moments. I'm going to have moments where we look at God and go, why in the world did you put me here? Why am I in this mess? Why am I in this season? Why am I walking through this valley? I feel like I am surrounded on every side. I feel like you're never going to answer me. I feel like I cry until I scream to the point that I have no voice left. But you don't answer. You don't respond. My heart is broken. But if you're on the right foundation, in those moments, He'll surround you with His love. He'll pour His peace and His grace out on you. And He'll hold you in the palm of His hand. And when it looks like all has been lost, and it looks like it was all for nothing, God will step in and do incredible things. Do not stop. Do not stop trusting, hoping, and believing for what God said He will do. Because he has not forgotten you. Stand with me all over this place. If you're here tonight, you the Lord. I just want you to begin to worship. Loretha, whatever the Lord's put on your heart, I just want you to sing. And in this place, I just want you to rest in his promises. I want you to rest in his healing. I want you to rest in his grace. I want you to rest in his truth tonight. Dwell for a moment in His presence and let the Holy Spirit says you are you of what He said. Let Him remind you of what He's spoken. Jesus, you are my hope. Jesus, you are my everything. God, forgive me when I've made it about what I was expecting. God, forgive me when I made it about where I had placed my hope. God, forgive me for those moments. And Lord, hear my cry. 
God, hear my broken heart tonight. God, hear my disappointment. God, hear, Lord, my pain tonight. Lord, I'm standing on You. God, I'm standing on You just like David did. I'm standing on You and saying, God, why have You forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why do so disturbed within me? I put my hope in God, and I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my Lord. Like Job said, I can look to the north, and I don't see Him. I look to the south, and I don't see Him. I look to the east and the west, and I don't see Him. But He knows the way I take, and He has not forgotten me. Jesus, let your healing flow in this house tonight. Come on, church. Just dwell in His promises. Dwell in His promises.